I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. The Instamatic Focal Point bringing damage to your brothers. Be some brothers from the east with some beats that be thorough. Get the solar gravitation so I'm bound to pull it. I gets down like brothers are found ducking from bullets. Gun control means using both hands in my land where it's all about the cautious living. Migrating to a higher form of consequence. Compliments of a struggling that shouldn't be notable, man. Every word I say should be a hip hop quotable. Hey, welcome to the Black Out Tips podcast. Your host Rod and Karen, and uh, it is a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Some people might think it's Saturday, but it's really Sunday, guys. It is. Um, and we're back for the week. Um, and uh, you know, gonna give you guys some podcasting goodness. It's just me and Karen today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find the show, the Black Out Tips, on iTunes and Stitcher. Go to the website, which is the best way to get all your information, theblackouttips.com. Um, leave comments, vote in the polls, all that stuff. Don't forget uh, people that signed up for the first fantasy football league that we're doing, uh, people that were live at Ball Street Sports and all that stuff. Uh, if you don't claim your team uh, by, I think it's 3 p.m. or something today, mm-hmm. uh, you'll miss the draft. You sure will. Then we'll have to start sending it to some of our second people. That, uh, you know, some of these replacements out here, I'm yeah. not scared to do it. And nope. And this, you know, I do, I don't know if we have enough, but if we have enough, we're going to do another draft. Yeah, but there's still like a couple spots open. Okay. Uh, I put a blog post out already. As I told people, pay attention to that stuff. Um, and I want to say that league's almost full too. Like, okay. um, got a few more spots yeah, left. Yeah, it's only like two or three more spots left. And then we can, we'll have officially two leagues for the blackout tip mm-hmm. and that's my max i'm not dealing with more than that oh, so. that, oh that, that's the most i've ever done that'll be three <clears throat> leagues for me that, yeah. that's a lot yeah and that'll be like something like five or six for me so okay um yeah that's my max so uh you know if you're gonna be in there you need to get uh get in while, get you, in can. while you can of course uh, uh money first okay same time fool um no suckers born around here nope uh and it is fifty dollars to get in mm-hmm. uh, and all that stuff's already on the uh blog post on the blackout com. but um yeah uh we got a couple people that need to claim their teams um before the uh show before the draft, draft today which i think is at 3 p.m eastern standard time it is um if they don't claim them that means we have to move the draft and if we have to move the draft then i'll just go to other people and let them have a chance and that mean that might mean we only have one league because you know some of those people will have to uh get a shot true um but uh yeah you know some people might be on the west coast it might not be up yet but you know i think plenty of time uh but jay sarge terry daly black rob uh they all need to claim their shit um and then there's a couple people who i'm not sure what their name is on the twitter but able ag blackmon and michelle 0506 y'all know who y'all is go ahead and claim y'all shit cuz um all right <clears throat> this show speaking of money is brought to you wait hold up the official weapon of the show is the taser an unofficial sport is bullet ball and bullet ball Mm-hmm. This podcast is brought to you by Shadow Dog Productions. They've got an audio play album called The Best of Rod and Karen. Uh, you may have heard of Rod and Karen. You know, we're, you're listening to them right now. Um, that's right. Surprise. You didn't know. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, it showcases the voc- vocal talents of one Karen Morrow, who is extremely talented at voiceover. They love her accent and her voice. Mm-hmm. You can kiss my ass if you don't like it, said me. <laughs> A little editorializing here. And you can find it on iTunes. 
uh just search the best of Rod and karen make sure you guys do that um and then we also have a little bit sexier sexier sponsor let me see if i can find some little bit uh sexier music uh what, what i got here um should always be ready for this segment i never am <laughs> um uh, what i'm panicking all right how about this right guys and ladies are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom for this labor day are you looking to put some work in on that ass have you been fantasizing about making her wear white after labor day if you know what i'm saying guys (laughs) come on uh well here's an offer you won't be able to resist go to adamandeve.com and for a limited time only you can get 50 percent off of just about any item but that's not all guys in addition to that 50% off, you can also get three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift that is so sensual, you will slap your own mother. That's not guaranteed, but, you know, I'm just saying. And to top it all off, they even throw in free shipping on your entire order, and it doesn't matter what color you are. So go to adamandeve.com and check out this special offer, 50% off. Of any item when you put in code TBGWT in the checkout. Then there'll be a little box that you can check that says, hey, do you want some more free shit? It's free, so check it. And it'll say three free DVDs, free extra gift, and free shipping. Uh, Code TBGWT at adamandeve.com. So make sure you guys do that. All right? Um, All right, we got someone in the chat said, I tried to claim my team. There's nothing when I log in to click. Somebody tell me what I'm doing wrong. Oh, mm, which you, I don't never heard that one. Uh, you doing it from a laptop or something, or you just? I know I tried from my iPhone and it said it wasn't in the correct format, so I had to do it on a laptop. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, wait, Sparger, are you in the first group? Uh, because if you're not, yeah, the first group I sent emails out. The second group hasn't got it yet because y'all still need more people to sign up. Right, need a few more people. Yeah, so it depends on which group you're in. Uh. Oh no, nah. Sparger said that's him, cuz. Um I don't know. The invite sent, I'll resend it during the show right now. That's how interactive I am with the fans, man. Yeah, because um, we want to be sure that you claim your We stuff. are handling this live on the air. Um Balls Deep League information. Um have you named your team yet, Karen? Mm, no, I just I went in. I'm gonna go in, definitely go in and give it a name. Uh okay. I don't know what I'm gonna name it. Probably something Beyondre centric. Know what I mean? Okay. But I name it something. Yeah, I named my team the Ferguson PD. So. <laughs> oh Lord. Mm-hmm. That's right. No mercy. Gonna be beating these niggas down. <laughs> he just resent this, Sparger. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I don't know, dog. Um, if it doesn't work out, I will send your money back. But all right, let's get into the uh, show. Okay. Um, <clears throat> speaking of uh, Ferguson PD. Um, I made the crucial mistake of doing something that I've never really done before. I think one time in my life I've done this before. Um, and 
uh no twice and the first time it was kind of good and then the second time i was like this is some bullshit and then this last time i was like man what the fuck and that is watching <laughs> owns ayanla van zant try to fix some people's lives mm-hmm. now first time was when they did the special on fathers not um, right being fathers to their sons mm-hmm. and i actually thought that was a great episode it was cool they was talking to some men that had some issues and shit then they had the sons right there and the sons were all younger and you know i said okay okay that's cool you know what i mean like that's good because the little kids and to see the fathers like the cycles that they're actively participating in maybe without even understanding and all that shit. I thought some of her questioning and some of her stuff was a little heavy handed, but whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. I get it. Then I watched the one about the, the daughters Mm-mm. and that one was terrible. I was angry. It was all grown ass women right. talking about not having fathers. Not to, we ain't talking about the, we ain't talking to the little girls. Yeah. The only way it manifested itself was in, um, having sex. Right. Like that's the only aspects to a, a fee, uh, little girl's life yeah um so it was like little shit like that where i was like huh i don't think this is um the best way to handle this shit no you know but i I just had to sit back and go okay well i hope the, hopefully uh this will get figured out but uh she definitely did this special two different ways the only way they measured the women having men in their lives was through sex and it was all like sex is bad girls having sex is bad if a girl doesn't have a father, she's going to go out there and have sex. And that was it. You know, it was no, I like, you know, uh, it was nothing about, like, here's your actual daughter. Talk to her. Right. Like they did for little boys because yeah. that shit mattered and it made a difference. And you got the little boy's perspective. You got the father. You got everybody who was who was affected by it perspective. But, but in that version, you got these grown-ass women crying over spilt milk. Yeah and shit like that and you're like you know what you're to the age where you need to be over it right like you, like you uh, it's, therapy it's, do whatever you need to yeah, do but you're to, the, you're to the age where, where we need to get beyond this yeah it sounds cold and there's no better way to say it unfortunately but when it's fucking like you're 45 come on now it's not the same it's like when they had the little boys on there the little boys are like 10 8 12 14 and they were at that crossroads where it's like man you really need a man in your life because you're a little kid and you just have no fucking idea what manhood looks like um because your own father hasn't been around and your own father is lacking and his life is fucked up because he hasn't been around his son right you know and then they then they take these grown-ass women and and they're like just like each one's getting up crying and doing a confessional but they're fucking 40 like it's just not the same impact and it doesn't mean that their issues and struggles aren't real but it's one of those like compared to the first special it was just a whole letdown right right so that was the last time i watched ayala i was like uh and i'm done what 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 more is there to say right well we didn't see the one with dmx hell no i didn't watch that okay fuck no i haven't watched anything else I don't like here's the thing DMX is a crackhead what right. possibly could she do to fix his life he gonna stop being a crackhead it's on crack she's not a drug counselor right he need to be on intervention not fucking fix my life right um so I mean fix is in the title you just want to get another fix with that check he got from her <laughs> 
so this shit though was reprehensible man uh madame noir actually wrote an article on it you know what i guess we'll just start with ferguson with black people today okay no, fuck it let's um, get it over with then let's get it over with then we'll go into the uh we'll go into the um actual show show and mm-hmm. talk about some pop culture and uh current events but uh i guess we need to start with uh ferguson with black people so mm-hmm. we're just ferguson of black people we're just ferguson with blacks we're just ferguson ferguson with black people that's right guys it's the game that we all hate to play but we've been playing for fucking three weeks now and i'm exhausted but it's the game where we score from zero to 100 how much we feel fucked with by the stories coming out of Ferguson. Meanwhile, guys, guess what? The fucking with black people music and pow continues to pile up. So that didn't go away. Mm-mm. People still fucking with black people while Ferguson with black people is going on. My list is out of fucking control right now. But hey, <laughs> it's not about me. It's about Ferguson and these black people and mm-hmm. how much we feel fucked with. So number one contestant, Ayala Vance. Um, so <clears throat> she did this special or whatever. Um, a lot of people thought it was a joke at first when they started hearing it. Well, here's the thing on Twitter. She was like, Hey, um, you know, people like she, people, she was like, I want to go down to Ferguson and talk to the people and heal the community and talk about the pain, blah, blah, blah. And I said, um, huh, that is interesting and opportunistic sounding, but no one can be that close minded. And then she had a picture attached to it that she was putting on Twitter. And it was her holding the hands of Michael Brown's great uncle, by the way. Not, not, they, on the thing she just said uncle, which is kind of some false advertising, if you ask me. Right. You know, it's his great. Because it's not the immediate family. Yeah. She advertised it as if it was his actual uncle, it was his great uncle. And that white police chief of Ferguson Police Department. And they were all holding hands. Like she was making, she was holding, it was like, you know how people put their hands in when it's like, go team, you know, on three. Mm-hmm. So she did that thing. And, uh, that was the optic she put out there. She said, and everybody was like, oh, fuck no. And she was like, no, y'all have to give it a chance. You haven't even seen it yet. Are y'all, do y'all really believe I would sell out my own people? Do y'all think I'll do blah, blah, blah. And I said, hmm, um, I don't know her like this, so it does seem extremely reprehensible. Um, I can't imagine someone thinking this is a good idea uh, if they were just going to go down here and sell everybody out. So I'm going to just roll with she's going to go down there and try to help, right? Um, and I honestly forgot about it because I was just like, it doesn't feel right, and I don't watch her shit anyway. Yeah, so, I had no intentions on watching. I was like, okay, this this yeah. sound like this is gonna from the beginning I was like, okay, this is gonna be some bullshit. Nope. Yeah, she put beloveds before you rush to judgment about that one image. Why not wait to see the story? I do not have a history of selling out my community, do I? So I went, Okay. That was one tweet and I was like, Okay. And then the next tweet was, unfortunately, how we treat each other gives other people permission to treat us the same way. In service to others, I become fair game. And that was when I was like, wait a minute. That sounds a little bit like victim blaming. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, she aired her Hill and Ferguson thing. I totally forgot about it. I just randomly put it on uh, TV. Uh, I can't remember. I think nothing was on. 
Right. It wasn't nothing on when it came on. So I just put it on, and um, it was infuriating. It was really the worst reprehensible thing I've seen. I got bits and pieces, and I got man. I like I'm taking my black ass back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, like she took her cameras down there, and um, of course the the one scene with the police chief and uh great uncle who really turns out to be a preacher a local area preacher mm-hmm. and the great uncle not the uncle uncle right and it sound like he didn't really have that big of a connection with michael brown anyway right and it's kind of like that thing where they bring on um uh martin luther king's great niece and then she's always the one that goes on fox news and basically blames black people for black on black crime right and then disappears and never see her again Till some other shit come up, right? Yeah, when uh, Glenn Beck tried to do that special on the Martin Luther King Memorial, um, mm-hmm. um, on, on, I think on uh, Martin Luther King's King Day. Day, yes, he did. Uh, she was the one they had show up. Um, now I think they canceled that at the end, but still, she was the one who's like she'll do anything. She uses Martin Luther King's name to profit uh, off of a lot of racism and evil. Well, this is the dude that, you know, came out there. And I'm not calling him racist or evil, but still, it was like, Iyala needed a tangential relation to Michael Brown in order to be able to sell this. Right. Um, so it came out really cynical, and it was a whole lot of, uh, because her thing is, it's always got to be two sides. Mm. And, you know, this is not CNN. This isn't MSNBC. This mm-hmm. isn't uh well fox news doesn't do two sides but this isn't like right this isn't the news you're not doing an information gathering situation here you're out here deciding that uh in a situation that is highly tense uh on the ground that well what did the victim do to deserve this what did what did your community do to deserve this come on be honest and that was the part that killed me because over and over and over that was her thing you know, she just kept flipping it back on the community. Well, what did y'all do to deserve this? What's the real problem with y'all? Isn't it y'all's fault on some level? It's like, didn't y'all, didn't y'all, it's almost like, didn't y'all earn the police doing this to y'all? Meanwhile, she only got that one 10 minute sit down with the police. She never got invited into the Ferguson police departments, like, um, hierarchy. She didn't get to talk to anybody else in, mm-hmm. in a position of power. Nope. Um, they conveniently during the meeting did this like, she was like, how long is it going to take for y'all to get these tanks out of here? And he was like, I think uh, we'll need two, two weeks. She was like, so 14 days. All right. To make it seem like she had something to do with them deciding when they were going to pull out the tanks and shit. He just giving her some arbitrary number. No, it don't mean the goddamn thing. Yeah, and it was disgusting because it was like, why are you trying to come in here and take some credit for them pulling out? Right. Or, or for keeping the community calm until they do. Or, like, just stay out of it. Like, right. That it has, it really has zero shit to do with you. And it feels like you're trying to profit off of, look at how I was involved in setting the peace. Right. So they do that. It's like you're trying to go and give both sides without quote unquote picking a side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so she tried to like get at the dude a little bit. Keep in mind, they hadn't released the name of the officer at this time. They had like, it was so much shit that hadn't happened. She recorded this er a lot earlier then. Yeah. Yeah. It was a whole lot of shit that hadn't happened necessarily at the time. Um, so, um, she, you know, they, they hadn't released any facts uh when she asked michael brown's great uncle like what what they needed uh from the police 
you know, she, they, he basically rolled off like these are the things that the community needs. And it was all shit that we all talk about. They need basically the, the, the system of justice to get to rolling. They need this guy to, you know, what's his name? Uh, the details of the shooting, his account, the, uh, charges to be filed, the grand jury to be convened, you know, stuff like this. And instead it was just like, you know, he said that and then it was never brought up again because she has no sway over the police. Mm-mm. And they, and the Ferguson PD are not interested in working with, talking to her. Right. So at that point, the special kind of becomes mute because what's the point of a special when you're only talking to the victims or something? Right. And you're not actually, um, helping them because then it becomes an hour and a half of black on black crime. Hour and a half? Yeah, it was long. It was like two hours, I think. Ooh. Uh, and it was bad because, like, I would be like, man, fuck this special. I can't believe it. every time they go to commercial. And then I would change it. And then, like, people would start tweeting me like, oh, man, that shit's terrible. She's a horrible person. I'm glad I didn't watch it. I'm glad you're watching it so I don't have to watch it. And I'm like, fuck, I guess I'll go back. Because I'm just so mad. I'm just like, ah, I'll go back and watch it some more. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you know, something will change. Maybe something will change. Maybe it's a bigger point. So she had points where she, like, and this this was killing me, too. You know the protesting is happening tonight. Right. You know, the police are out here um, throwing smoke grenades and mm. and shit at people, throwing shooting rubber, rubber bullets. bullets at people, uh, arresting people for oh. nothing. Right. So, you know, what's going on out here? Where is she doing all her specials? In the daylight. Right. Across she, town. Right. At, oh. at, a, at an outback. One, one part was at an outback on the outside. And she just had a whole bunch of older black people there talking. And they right. were. Talk, talk, talking about all kinds of crazy shit about, you know, the, the community and what, you know, basically what they've done to deserve this. Talking about black on black crime and kids killing each other. There was one murder in the last year in Ferguson and it was Mike Brown's. Mm-hmm. Who had their hands with a police officer. So what are we talking about? These aren't those kids. Yeah, they sure are not. Y'all make it sound like it's fucking, uh, the wild, wild west out there when these kids ain't killing nobody. Mm-hmm. So what are we talking about? Right. Um. Yeah. Uh, so. So there was that. She brought Benzino from Love and Hip Hop out there. That's when I came in. I was like, "Oh, right, this is some fuck shit right here." No, thank you. Yeah. Um. And B Benzino was out there like, "Yeah. Um. It's uh. It's hip hop's fault. Uh. We need to do better. Blah blah blah. First of all, Benzino, I put a hip hop song out that was relevant in his entire life. Second of all, what the fuck this got to do with hip hop? Mike Brown dying? Is rap fault? That's rap fault now. Are the police listening to the rap? Because they're the ones that shooting people six times, pulling the trigger ten times. It's not us. You know what I mean? It's not like, uh, Mike Brown jumped into the fucking police car and was like, niggas with attitude, motherfucker. Like it was like you killed somebody. And, um, that doesn't always have to be two sides. Mm-mm. Well, what did you do to deserve getting killed by the cops? Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Uh, put my hands up and asking you not to shoot me. Is that a hip hop thing? Is that hip hop fault? So, um, uh, it just felt like a huge stunt. Um, have, you know, having Benzino involved in it in any way. Talking about some, we're going to go on the radio station and, we're going to tell the kids um, about hip hop and all that. I'm like, this just seems self-promotional. The same Benzino that was just on the Love and Hip Hop reunion fighting people. Come on now. But, but he, you know, he about this respectability politics now. 
but he involved in that show nobody that's involved in that shit believes in respectability politics and you don't get to pawn that off on anybody and it's always this undercurrent in the black community that's always our fault and then and then like there's these segments of the black community that blame other parts of the black community you have your upper class people that are in the black community that are like oh lower class black people are the problem mm-hmm. you have your people that are like oh i don't vote i vote this way so democrat black people are the problem it's always some these other black people are the problem shit and this and this older generation does that to the young dudes like right hey I, we're we're old enough to go out here in the daylight and sit at applebee's um you know from the church it was a lot of people from like church communities and shit like that but they weren't the actual people sitting out there you know getting tear gassed every night right and protesting some were but very few yeah very few of them weren't and then there was some that judging these kids right you know um which came off really inauthentic and really self-serving you know, all the preachers are there wearing their collars, like, go to my church, you know. Um, so that was whack. Um, and then, uh, like I said, she brought Brenzino out there, and that was whack. Um, then they were like, uh, let's sit down with some of the kids that have been getting uh, tear gas and stuff like that and been out there protesting. Um, and she sat down with them, and that was reprehensible. At one point, she asked them, like, who all in this room? Uh, cause she got, she tried to get them to explain why they're doing it and they pretty much, for the most part, sounded 100% uh, intelligent and uh, on point. You know, they were basically saying like, what does it matter what you guys are talking about with this respectability shit if I'm gonna go out here and get tear gassed on my own street? Right. It doesn't matter what y'all are saying. Like, y'all talk a good game, but at the end of the day, the, the Ferguson PD is not gonna stop. Mm-mm. Whether, you know, like, and they basically brought up the, you know, because she kept bringing a black and black crown. It's like, what does that got to do with this? Not a goddamn thing. She was, he was like one dude, man. He was like, so if with all these white kids shooting up schools and shit, how come the police don't ever go into their neighborhoods and just start shooting tear gas in everybody's yard and locking the whole neighborhood down? And he's like, what about the permission they're giving? Because your whole her whole thing is like, don't we give permission? And that's the other thing she does. She asks a question instead of just saying the statement. But it, but like any loaded question, it's just as damning as making a statement. Because she'll be mm-hmm. like, "Don't don't we have to ask ourselves if we give permission to the police to do this because of black on black crime?" I just sit here like this bitch is crazy. Right. This is not that situation. No, and you don't give permission. They fucking right. take it. Right. This is not that situation. You know, like, I would love to see what she would say about slavery to the slaves. Like, y'all just need to go back Ah! in time to all the great tragedies of the world and be like, don't we give permission to the white man to enslave us whenever we don't pick as much cotton as we can? Think about it. Think about it, beloveds. And then then try to hug you and shit. Come here. Like, get the fuck off. I know you're sweating off picking that cotton, but let me hug you anyway. Let me hug you anyway. Think about what you did for the white man to have to do this to you. All right. We'll be right back. Don't touch that down. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so um, she was like um, blaming them, and those kids gave some great answers. So then she goes around the room and she's like, Now, how many of y'all don't have fathers? And it's like, probably, or had a father. And it's like six, seven of these dudes, like, talking to her. And pretty much all of them had a father, except for like one or two, right? But same. And then when she got to them, she was like, what happened to your father? And Oh, actually, it was one dude. That's right. And he was she was like, what happened to your father? He's like, uh, he wasn't around because he was murdered or something like that. And she was like, 
by 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 black by another brother or something like that and he was like yeah she was like black on black crime see fuck you bitch what does them kids having the father not having a father have to do with them being mad and protesting about uh somebody in the community dying right that's like irrelevant just, it's just so mike brown had a father right it's just so disrespectful like it honestly felt like she didn't do any research Mm -mm. she didn't know anything on the ground was going on she She went down there with her talking points which is black on black crime and um you know what uh and and uh fatherless children and she was like i'm gonna roll with this even if it doesn't fit the what's happening it fits my narrative and that's all it needs to fit uh, I think there's actually a video of her talking to these people. I'll put it in the chat. I lift up his mother. I want to lift up his father. I just want to lift him up right Yeah, and that was the other thing she did, man. She went down there and she closed it out with like a prayer. And I mean, I get it. I'm not a religious person, so take it with a grain of salt. It felt inauthentic as fuck. It felt like my plane ticket says it's time to go. Right. Ain't shit being fixed. But let me drop this prayer on y'all, and this will be a good way to end my special. Right. Because nothing has changed since I've been on the ground. At all. You know what I'm saying? So since since I, since nothing's actually changed since I've been on the ground, now I can kind of pawn this off on some, like, Ayala fixed everything. She prayed with us and evoked the spirits of blackness, and that's it. And it just felt self-serving. An opportunistic man. Um, oh, very, very, very. Yeah. I don't think she really understood what was going on. She had a camera and a crew. It was happening in the black community, and she was like, let's get video. But I'm like you. If you really, really wanted to make your special, I guess, quote, unquote, authentic, um, I'm like you. What was this, What was the nighttime filming? Mm-hmm. You know, let's just be real with that. Where, where were you interviewing? Where were you interviewing the people that were actually lived in the community, not taking everybody to the out, outside of the outside of the city, uh, Alpaback? Yeah. Uh, um, Outback. Outback. I'm sorry. Yeah, no problem. And um, and stuff like that. You know, you yeah, you talk to the youth, and yeah, you talk to the older people. But what about the people actually living in the community? It just, like I said, it felt like she wasn't listening to the people at all. She, cause she, she just had her certain things that she wants to promote. And that's it, man. Like, I would have been okay with her going down there and basically listening to everybody. Right. You know, let those people speak their truth. And you don't need to, like, honestly, it's like she had to insert herself because that's her show. And she has to be like... Here is my solution. Mm-hmm. But this wasn't that. Because mm-hmm. no one's listening to you from the police side anyway. You know? And then, like, they took on, like, a walk around. The thing is, like, here's an area where you guys can congregate or whatever just to show. And, but it was, like, you know, it looked like one of those things where you come out there with your cameras for 20 minutes and you go your ass home. Mm-hmm. You know? It was like, okay, so this yeah. is where we could talk and we'll get a couple quotes. Yeah, because I really don't think that she's a... Not trying funny. She's not a real journalist. Yeah, um, and you know, and then like there was times where it was like she would talk to the to these dudes who were out there getting tear gas and shit, and be like, "I failed you. It's it's my fault for not being a teacher to the young people in our community for not doing it." I was like, "Bitch, what does this fucking have to do with Mike Brown getting shot, though? Right? What does this have to do with the citizens of Ferguson? Because there's this idea that somehow." You can teach them to be better than the fucking racism that they are receiving. 
racist people don't give a fuck if you have your pants up they don't give a fuck what kind of job you have they don't give a fuck who you vote for they see you have right it's irrational you're teaching them to deal with something irrational and put and basically blaming it on them like this is your fault and it's my fault too because i didn't teach you that it's your fault like get the fuck out of my city man it was it was just so fucking disgusting man i like honestly man i can't support anything um that that woman does i don't know how anybody else can from this point on man like uh and and people were like well i, I don't blame her i blame oprah nigga i got enough blame to go for everybody the channel right. oprah everybody nobody should be uplifting these motherfuckers dog like honestly if uh if, if, if fucking um dr phil went down there we would all laugh and go isn't that silly well that's how i feel about this shit you know, I feel just as silly as if Dr. Phil was out there going, well, what you need to do yep, is get out of this violent situation. Okay, now it is hotter than the toad on a jumping dog <laughs> in Texas right now, out there on the block. Now, everybody needs to go home and stop looking at the police department like they're the problem. Yes. Coming up, we'll be right back with... Don't touch that down. That's not some shit he say. Yeah. All that shit is, uh, don't touch that down. Like, it's so self-emotional, man. Like, oh, man. It, it was disgusting, dog. I Like, I really lost, uh, you know, there's a modicum of respect that a lot of people just have in general that I just have for my fellow human beings. And I was like, uh, y'all will be trying to help. I get it. Um, uh, But, no, nah, after that, that special, nope, no respect. Fuck it. I see. You'd rather get your ratings on. You didn't have to do this. No, she you didn't have to do this. really didn't. This had nothing to do with you. You know, the fact you went down there and blamed all those people as part of the problem and told them to examine themselves and what they could do to, come on, get the fuck out of here, dog. I, I know victim blaming when I see it. So, um, you know, why don't you just go down there and take a selfie and post that shit on Twitter then? Cause that's essentially, it was a one hour selfie, uh, one and a half hours or whatever selfie um anyway let's talk about some more ferguson with black people because you know other shit happened <laughs> the shit ben stein from ben Winstein, uh when ben stein's uh millions or whatever money whatever the fuck that shit was mm-hmm. um also he, you might know him as the boring dude who goes bueller bueller that dude mm-hmm. um he said uh michael brown was armed with his incredibly strong scary self <laughs> he's a conservative pundit now apparently and he appeared on newsmax on tuesday to discuss the fatal police shooting of michael uh brown by the ferguson police department i think i have a clip and of it and just endlessly assuming a fact not an evidence which is that it is standard perceived the standard procedure for white policemen to kill unarmed black teenagers now first of all uh, it isn't standard procedure it's an extremely rare thing when it happens Second, uh, the idea of calling this poor young man unarmed when he was six foot four, three hundred pounds, full of muscles, apparently, according to what I read in the New York Times on marijuana, uh, to call him unarmed is like calling Sonny Liston unarmed or Cassius Clay unarmed. I mean, this is—he wasn't unarmed. He was armed with his incredibly strong, scary self. All right, Eric Holder. Doing what he has done. The third, the third, yeah, yeah. The, how do you spell that, by the way? Uh, the, the third autopsy, going down there saying this is personal. How on earth does a, does a, a person get a fair trial when the top law enforcement officer in the, in the country makes these remarks? 
Well, he doesn't. And, of course, they don't want him to get a fair trial. They're not looking for a fair trial. They're looking for a lynching jury. And it's a, it's a very sad state of affairs. I mean, it used to be there was a time, even in my youth, because I'm a lot older than you, when lynchings of African Americans were not that incredibly rare. Now the lynchings are the police, and it's just it's just an outrage. And by the way, notice that in both this case and in Trevon, Trevon Martin's case, it's the very large so-called victim attacking a policeman who winds up dead. I mean, if they just would not attack the policeman, if they would just uh, talk to the policeman in a reasonable way instead of attacking the policeman, nobody would, around, would be dead. Like, like I, I want to find him and hurt him. Like, I'm that mad. You know what I mean? Like, especially when he invoked the lynching shit. Uh, I mean, what the fuck? Oh, it's the police that kill black people. They're the real victims here, guys. They're the real victims. Mm-hmm. They're, they're out here getting publicly lynched. You know, the ones that have never gone to jail for killing these black people. They're being publicly lynched, guys. The ones who's never been harmed. Like, that's the other thing. People keep going, well, we don't want to put the po- police officer's name out. You do realize that um, none of these cops have ever been hurt by anybody after their names have been put out. Mm-hmm. George Zimmerman's still walking around fine. Right. And he wasn't any type of cop. Mm-mm. It's fine. You can kill a black person and get away with it. Um, And this idea that just being a black kid is comparable to being Sonny Liston, a, a fucking professional boxer. Hey, unarmed black kid, you're basically uh, a superhero, apparently. And I never knew that uh, somebody being unarmed meant you didn't have to have a weapon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I the only one just confused about that? Your pre- So your presence is... You are a weapon. Right. Just just you, you as a being person, there, showing up. More dangerous than a police officer with a gun. And a lot and this of people idea, think like that. This idea, if you just know how to talk to the cops, what? Are you watching what's happening? The the man, someone's allegedly shot with their hands up on their knees, saying, "Don't shoot me." Is there a better way to talk to the police than that? You know what I mean? Like it's it's disgusting, dog. Like um, you know, I I had no idea this is what Ben Stein went on to do with his life. I mean, not that it doesn't make sense, but you know, when you're sitting around uh blaming um black people for this shit and throwing this this the new lynching is police officers getting uh you know getting publicly um uh chastised for killing innocent black people. That's the new lynching. Man, fuck you. Fuck you a hundred percent, dog. Oh yeah, this this segment I always get a hundred. It yeah. don't even matter what you bring up, it's a hundred. Um uh what else we got here? Oh, a woman made a, a book for kids, um, mm-hmm. out from the Ferguson thing. Um uh it was a, a tribute book. It's called Um No One Should Have to Teach Their Children This. And it's a little black kid holding his um, hands up in the air. Um, and his mom is holding him and she's crying. Um, Mary Engelbreit, a native of nearby St. Louis, is one of those uh, supporters who's uh, expressed support for the family of uh, Michael Brown. Uh, she's an artist, best known for her children's illustrations. She created a piece inspired by the high-profile shooting 
one one she called i'm the usa i mean i'm sorry in the usa Engelbright moved by what she deemed injustice in Michael Brown's suicide, I mean, suicide, death, uh, created an image depicting an African-American mother with a tear rolling down her face holding a boy whose hands are held in the air. The drawing was cor- with the corresponding text which read, no one should have to teach their children this in the USA. Uh, riff off a popular phrase which emerged in the days following Brown's death, hands up, don't shoot. Engelbright, a white woman, saw her illustration as a move in the right direction towards curbing the injustices dwelling within our society. She posted the image on her Facebook page with the following message. When situations turn horrible, I find it hard to move on. I usually drive my way through it. These drawings hardly ever see the light of day since they really just a form of therapy for me. But these events unfolding now in my hometown and across the country, shining the light on the ugly racism that still runs rampant in our country, made me think that maybe this drawing could help in some small way, which is, while it's not a cheerful little picture you'd want hanging over your sofa, you might know or, of a school or an office or a per, police station that could use it. She then led to the, uh, she then led her Facebook friends to a link where she is selling the print for $50 with all the proceeds going to Mike Brown Jr. Memorial Fund. Uh, one would think that the artist's good deed would in that story were in there, but in fact, it's only just begun. According to the Washington Post, following Engelbright's post, she was faced with harsh criticism regarding her illustration. Some defended police authorities while others called her derogatory names. After a short time, her post garnered so much attention and criticism that Facebook removed it, calling it offensive. Wow. And see, this is what we were talking about. Remember yesterday, we were talking about Twitter and Facebook. The thing about Facebook, to I think Facebook sometimes takes shit too far. Like, they'll shut shit down. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's even fucking not offensive because they don't want to deal with any backlash. Yep. Uh, they took it down even though she was right. Right. A move but on. yet, hold on, mm-hmm. but yet, mm-hmm. you let a fucking Facebook fan page with that dude that um shot up the sororities, you let that shit sit up there and people fussed about that and Facebook didn't have issue with that. That's why I said they pick and choose what they want to take down. A move, the artist reposted her drawing with the corresponding link to buy. Not long after, a Facebook representative reached out to the artist who told the St. Louis radio station the backlash was unlike anything she expected. I knew when I posted that that I could catch some flack. I would catch some flack, but no, I wasn't expecting this. In an email to the Huffington Post, the mother explained her empathy with Michael Brown's mother, which led her to create the image. I lost my son 14 years ago, and I know the devastation and heartbreak Michael Brown's mother was feeling. I didn't want to address this particular shooting, but wanted instead to address the larger problem of racial profiling and the racism that's so prevalent in our country and the anguish is causing so many families her drawing has already raised more than twenty five thousand dollars for michael brown jr memorial fund visit this link to purchase it and they have a link um yeah they had to take her down because racists were mad at her for putting it up right not because black people felt disrespected nope uh not because she's a white woman mm-hmm. not because racists needed to have a fucking opinion, a, 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 a opinion, and Facebook just was like, uh, "We ain't dealing with it." Right, and that's why, uh, to an extent, uh, when it comes to the controlling, uh, I think Facebook takes shit too far, and then shit that we get angry about, and women protest and minorities protest, but I, that shit will stay up there. Right, because it's not enough of us, but there's a right. ton of fucking racists that have no understanding of racial issues that will run up on this lady. And uh, flip out on her to the point where the you know the numbers are too overwhelming. Um, there's an officer who lost his job. Um, Ray Albers of the St. Anne Police, who uh, people may remember from this uh, clip of 
protest in Ferguson. My hands are up. He's walking towards them, pointing a gun at the crowd. And he said, I will fucking kill you. You're going to kill him. What's your name, sir? Your name's go fuck. Go fuck yourself when they ask what his name is. Fuck yourself, all right? Go fuck yourself. Thank you, sir. Hello, officer. officer. Go fuck yourself. Officer, go fuck yourself. Just trying to kill me. What are you doing? I hope you guys are watching. He had to be told by another officer. And eventually another officer came and got him away from the situation. The police officer holding the gun. Uh, he um, resigned this week. Good. An internal investigation into Albers, whose nickname stems from a memorable exchange, what's your name, go fuck yourself, determined that the 20-year-old veteran, 20-year veteran of the force either will be fired or resigned. Right. One of two is going to happen. Police Chief Aaron Jimenez said he is not condoning his behavior whatsoever, but called Abrams raising his enormous gun totally justifiable. Wow. Mm-hmm. Prior to the camera turning on, Albers had had water and urine thrown at him. Jimenez said he had th- he was th- he then saw three men with bandanas in the crowd, and one of them had a gun. He then heard gunshots, but not from that gun. So Albers raised his gun. Three men started running, and then a crowd of people with cameras raised saw him with the raised gun that came towards him. They were a whole there were a whole bunch of what you call citizen journalists journalists who were sitting there with cameras recording, waiting for something stupid to happen, which they got. They won on this one. This is the problem with these fuckers. Mm-hmm. They think it's the police think it's us versus them. Right. It's not. It's not. They don't think it's. Th- there's no win for this. Everybody lost. Everybody lost. Like, yeah, this dude might have lost his job, but we lost by the fact that he had a job in the first place. This type of person with this type of attitude shouldn't be on the fucking force in the first place. Mm-mm. The fact that you even thought it was a, oh, they got us. They caught us. On camera, threatening to kill people. Here we go with the bullshit. You know, like, get the fuck out of here, man. Get the fuck out of here. Also, like, all this imaginary shit starts happening to the police that apparently no one ever gets on camera. The entire collective community of people who are filming every second of this shit. Every second. All decided, turn our cameras off while urine and urine and water is thrown on this man. Then someone in the crowd will have a gun that no one will ever see, even though there's multiple cameras here. And uh gunshots will go off and no one will catch that on tape. But we will all decide to start recording once the man threatens to kill us. Get the fuck out of here. He also had three prior disciplinary incidents. Coincidence. Because that's enough for a black person to get killed. Actually, wait. No prior coincidence. No prior incidents is enough for a black person to get killed. But for a police officer, he's just doing a good job. Even, uh, yeah, including one last year where he used a wrong choice of words with a resident. Wonder what words those were. Nigga. Mm. Just wonder. Mm. Uh, Hill Dog in the house. Hillary Clinton finally, finally spoke out. After what, three weeks? Time.com. She says, we, Hillary Clinton on Ferguson, 
we are better than that we us together i applaud president obama for sending the attorney general to ferguson and demanding a thorough and speedy investigation that's both appropriate and necessary to find out what happened to see that justice is done to help this community begin healing itself we cannot ignore the inequities that persist in our justice system inequities that undermine our most deeply held values of fairness and equality watching the recent funeral for michael i, I wonder who she's talking to because like i don't see or hear an audience Mm-mm. and she's talking in front of whatever next center at uh what? some sort of brand or something right um like who is she talking to i don't know but she's not talking like, in front of journalists yeah did she just film this and release it as like a press release but her talking it may be hmm. brown as a mother as a human being my heart just broke for his family because losing a child is every parent's greatest fear and an unimaginable loss But I also grieve for that community and for many like it across our country. Behind the dramatic, terrible pictures on television are deep challenges that will be with them and with us long after the cameras move on. This is what happens when the bonds of trust and respect that hold any community together fray. It feels like no one's there. Right. Like people would like, either be applauding or saying something like after these comments, like mm-hmm. between the breaks. And yeah, it's an uh, Accenta is apparently a software storage solution uh, thing. So and yeah, she, it's, it's like, it's almost like free advertising for them. Right. And she didn't do this. I, I, I don't, you can't tell me she did this in front of press. She, it's like if president Obama would have been like, I was thinking about the people of Ferguson uh, on my new iPhone 6S uh, when I got <laughs> ah! the text. Like, and you see Apple in the background? Yeah, I'm like, uh, okay. Nobody wants to see our streets look like a war zone. Not in America. We are better than that. So, okay, it came at the end of a paid speaking performance uh, that she was doing. Um, you know, to raise money, I guess, for 2016 Democratic presidential uh, election. Um, yeah, about three weeks late, but better late than never, I guess. Some people are never going to speak up. That's true. But, now. you know, like I've been saying for a while, do you know what the next president of the United States thinks about this? Because we know what President Obama thinks about it. Mm-hmm. We actually know the shit that he did, even though people go, it's not enough. Uh, well, if that's not enough, I'd hate to think what people feel about Hillary Clinton, um, I hate to see what people think about, uh, you know, um, uh, any presidential candidate from the right, you know, uh, I think Rand Paul is the only one who said anything. Right. Um, I really hate to see what people think about, um, cause that's the other thing. Even if someone is dumb enough to agree with the way Michael Brown was killed, are they also stupid enough to agree with the idea that you go and roll up with tanks and guns in a community? Right. You know, cause that seemed to be like the whole problem that everyone was so afraid of with this presidency was he's going to come take our guns and come to our neighborhoods. Oh, it's black neighborhoods. Well, I won't worry about that then. That's fine. 
uh let's see what else is going on uh ferguson with black people robin williams vma tribute was a slap in the face says sarah taylor from fishrapper.com why was it a slap in the face right what and what does that do with michael brown karen i I don't the only thing that was more uncomfortable than watching Miley Cyrus seem to fake her way through proud and sad tears at last night's VMAs was the half-cock tribute video concocted in the late Robin Williams' honor. The video, a montage comprised of a few paltry photos and set to cold plays a sky full of stars, went unintroduced without any fanfare, was abbreviated, and after it concluded, the networks immediately cut to commercial. The tribute seemed out of place, even considering the fact that it aired in MTV Video Music Awards. But what's even more confusing is that the Michael Brown case was addressed to a much more detailed extent, and the rapper Common actually led a moment of silence and memoriam of what happened in Ferguson after giving this speech. For the past two weeks, the eyes of the nation have been on Ferguson, Missouri. The people of Ferguson and St. Louis and the communities across the country have used their voices to call for justice and change, to let everyone know that each and every one of our lives matter. Hip-hop has always been about truth and been a powerful instrument of social change, from Melly Mel to Public Enemy to Kendrick Lamar. Hip-hop has always presented a voice for the revolution. I want us all to take a moment of silence for Mike Brown and for the peace in this country and in the world. This important social catalyst event was addressed, but yet no suicide prevention hotline was announced before or a- even after Robin's tribute to quote unquote hip hop being about the truth was addressed and an urge for a major change was summoned, yet no depression and anxiety PSAs were run. Nobody saying that Ferguson and horrific events that have unfolded over the past few weeks are, is unimportant, but suicide, anxiety, and depression are often the roots of any violent acts. If if either of these events were actually relevant to MTV View, the music awards at all, then both should have been equally addressed rather than addressed in a vague way, a way that raised zero awareness to the depression and suicide of a man who suffered outwardly and no one knew uh, bounds. Right. What an asshole. Right. Because it's, it's, that's that, that's that um, oppression Olympics. It doesn't matter. Uh, award show talk about shit that don't got nothing to do with they got them award show all the time and that's the way mtv chose to do it that's just the way they chose to do it right yep uh not to mention i mean why do we have to play the tragedy olympics here right why do we always have to end up in the oh no no his he's a much more famous person that killed himself so that needs to be given way more weight than this I mean, black kids get killed by the police all the time. What's the problem? Right. You know, like the, like that. That's the thing. You, you're offended because they took some time out to tribute uh, the injustice. And it's not just Mike Brown, you fucking idiot. It's an entire town that is being policed. Robin Williams um, is sad that anyone kills themselves, but he went out on his own terms. He decided to do that. Uh, now, that's true. Okay. My, Mike, Michael Brown's an 18-year-old. He was killed by the police. An entire town was subjugated by the police force. A police force that was supposed to protect and serve them. It is different. It does need to be addressed in a different way. You know, maybe they should have thrown up the hotline. You're absolutely right. I get it. I do too. But at the same time, the fact that you would come at it this way, to me, that's, that would be like me going, well, maybe a uh, common in them should have pointed out that the police was throwing tear gas at people. Like, nah. They, it, this, this is just them giving a moment of their time up to point out a couple of issues, you know, you know, so I, yeah, you know, I, 
it's not even comparable in my opinion. Um, and the fact that someone will look at those and compare them, like I said, when we were talking about it on the show, when it first happened and people were like, you can't mourn both of them, man, fuck y'all. People can mourn both of them and it doesn't have to be equal and what all this right. shit. Right. Anyway, um, so another St. Louis police officer got suspended after a racist video emerged of him. Um, he's, uh, he was seen earlier. He was the guy who attempted to shut down Don Lemon's live broadcast. That dude. <laughs> yeah. They pushed him three times. Mm-hmm. So apparently, um, he's part of a group, uh, 2012 call, uh, he gave a speech in 2012 in front of a group that he's part of called the Oath Keepers of St. Louis and St. Charles. The officer's name is Dan Page. He was making disturbing remarks about Muslims. Muslims are passive until they gain parity with you and then they exceed you in numbers and they will kill you. President Barack Obama and killing saying, I'm into diversity. I kill everybody. I don't care. I've killed a lot. And if I need to, I'll kill a whole bunch more. If you don't want to get killed, you don't show up in front of me. I have no problems with it. God did not raise me to be a coward. During the slideshow, displaying images from a recent trip to Kenya, he says, I said, I want to go find where that illegal alien claiming to be my president, my undocumented president lives at. Uh, this is the guy policing us, right? This is the guy going into the community. This, I would play the clip, but it's an hour long of him talking this racist shit. Um, he issued, Belmar issued a, public apology uh who the fuck is belmark is that his name it's not his name is it his name's page see um oh st louis county police chief john belmar told the st louis dispatch that page who has been with the department for 35 years has been suspended pending a review by the internal affairs unit without the comments on killing belmar said that was obviously something that deeply disturbed me immediately belmar issued a public apology for the video on friday I apologize to the community, anybody who was offended by these remarks, and I understand from me that he does not represent the rank and file of the St. Louis Police Department. Belmar has also ordered a psychological evaluation of Page. Yeah. And by the way, these Oath Keeper dudes are, like, supposed to be on some, like, uh, the government's coming to subjugate our towns and all this shit. Um, you know, what was it that y'all were doing in St. Louis? I mean, in Ferguson, what does that look like? Isn't that what y'all, the big war that y'all claim is coming? Isn't that what it would look like? Police showing up in army clothes and fucking shutting the town down. Oh, but as long as you're on the other side of the gun, it's fine, right? Like, no, no problem with it. As long as, as long as I'm holding the gun, cool. Then, then it's not, then it's, it's fine. Uh, and then this is the last thing I'll read because I think this is a really important thing and it's kind of gone overlooked. There's a lot of police in these quote unquote patriot groups. This is a patriot group. These groups that I've just described to you, these oath oh, keepers, these white okay. dudes that are about owning guns and they have these anti-government sentiments, but they're work? police officers. Um, and they, and a lot of these people are required to, you know, hand out, met out justice to all of us. They're supposed right. to protect and serve all of us, but then they go and they're giving these speeches and they're listening to these speeches about black people, Muslims, women. How is that the, even illegal? I mean, how is that? How can you do that when your job is to protect all? Oh, shouldn't that kind of be in your stipulation of your job that you don't do bullshit like this? Mm-hmm. Because it makes, you know, the community looks bad and makes the city look bad. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know. To me, that makes no sense. 
yeah he's in a part of a, a group called the oath keepers a national group of military and police veterans who claim to stand for constitutional rights against tyranny news reports understandably zeroed in on his unhinged remarks about blacks muslims and women in the new world order more audio emerged over the weekend a page explaining to a right-wing radio host his beliefs that the u.s is in danger of being folded into a one-world government after a series of orchestrated events and that 99.9 percent of sexual assault in the military is bogus so surprise surprise guys y'all also believe rape isn't the thing y'all women need to stop making it up guys all right apparently so you know um but uh i'm mad that this is a wordy motherfucker all his clips are an hour long i would play what is he talking about yeah i would play some but i don't feel like going through an hour worth of this shit y'all i'm sorry um but not enough is being written about the inherent contradiction of Page's affiliations. Here was a police officer shutting down the media and largely peaceful demonstrations, uh, participating in heavy-handed militarized law enforcement response on the streets of Ferguson, but at the same time that he claimed kinship with the Patriot Group, whose very stated mission is to prevent and resist militarized tyranny in the United States. The Oath Keepers are a slippery organization, often as difficult to get a handle on as the many-handed Tea Party Hydra, Formed, uh, many headed, I'm sorry, formed during the 2008 election cycle out of an anti Hillary, uh, fear. Did we need to call Colson and them all them? He would hydra. Uh, that the federal government would use its counterterrorism powers to declare war on its citizens, set up concentration camps, and institute a military state. The Oath Keepers have been a central hub for patriotic paranoiacs and preppers drawn from military and law enforcement ranks. They turned out in droves to defend racist old rancher Clive and Bundy in his land dispute. They left Bundy's side after taking seriously an unfounded rumor that Barack Obama and Eric Holder were going to hit their Nevada compound with drone strikes. They talk about disobeying tyrannical orders from socialist presidents and governors. They love Alex Jones, Infowars, and conspiracy theories du jour. And yet, for all the delusions, the Oath Keepers seem tailor-made to counter the surreal, overarmed police state that may have played a role in Michael Brown's death by cop in Ferguson and that has ebbed and flowed through the streets there ever since. The oath that Oath Keepers uh, keep is to disobey a set of orders they believe may be given by the government authorities. Hence, they swear in part. Here's their oaths. I will not obey any order to blockade American cities, thus turning them into giant concentration camps. Hmm. What does that sound like? We will not obey any orders to confiscate the property of the American people, including food or their other essential supplies. We will not obey any orders that will infringe upon the right of people to free speech, to peacefully assemble, and to petition their government for a redress of grievances. Huh. Those are their oaths, Karen. But these are the motherfuckers holding the guns pointed at the protesters. Mm. Um... In other words, minus the incendiary and frankly dumb concentration camp rhetoric, the Oath Keepers would be as hopping mad about the police response in St. Louis County as anyone, right? If they have members and sympathizers of the police force involved, you think these members would be marching off the job, joining the protest, organizing as many cross-country treks to Ferguson by their far-off counterparts as they did to protect the land grabbing Peckerwood of Bunkerville, Nevada, right? It hasn't worked out that way. Look at Dan Page. Uh, some Oath Keepers have gone out and, uh, to the Tamas demonstrations at Ferguson. They've sent an angry letter, open letter to Governor Jay Nixon of Missouri. Shout out to them for actually knowing how the process of government works and not going straight to the president. Right. The militarized police response we saw in Ferguson did not work, uh, they said in their response to Jay Nixon. Though they haven't said how many of their members are part of the militarized police response. 
they have denials pages acts and said he's merely one of many speakers of the group not a member in my opinion, his actions in Ferguson show that he is an oath breaker. One representative of a group wrote on Facebook. It sure would, according to y'all oaths. And what he said in his presentation was cowardly and hateful. Oh, okay. Apparently, one of the oath, one, some of the oath keepers' colleagues disagree because Page's rant is still on the St. Louis Oath Keepers homepage, along with videos of prepping basics, drip irrigation for your home, a garden, and shooting instructions, climate change lies, and the coilado or ionic sil- silver. It's medical uses and how to make it at home. Um, so yeah, man, th- that's some shit I would look like to know. How many of these people are in these fucking, um, these, these, these different organizations? And the whole purpose is basically almost anti-government. Yeah, but then they're the ones holding, right. pulling the triggers and they're also the ones talking about this shit with, um, you know, talking about this shit with, uh, you know, uh, black people muslims women you know there's like a lot of shit that they're that they're out here um uh, against and these are people that call 911 and want protection like everybody else all right uh anyway let's get into um some other just regular news CeeLo green enters no contest to his plea in the drug case mm. um that's right karen uh by the way i tried to watch that atlanta exit show i really did y'all i wanted to like it so bad these women are too hurt and mm-hmm. the shit that they go through um like for a plot line is too much yeah. like Mm-mm. if anything it makes the people that left them seem smart right um uh, the only good one on there is christina CeeLo green's uh ex and that's because she's nice and pretty and thick and all this shit but she dresses like a fucking sith lord from star wars <laughs> uh which ruins a lot of that um and um also like uh usher's ex-wife tamika raymond's on there mm-hmm. and they keep bringing up her son that died like every 10 minutes and mm-hmm. it's a fucking bummer mm, yes it is like either she gotta get off the show or they gotta stop bringing it up because one way or the other every time it happens it's like the price is right horns just go off and i want to change the channel it's just too much. It's too real. That I know that kid really died. Y'all, you know, how the fuck y'all out here trying to make money off of that? All right. Yeah. Anyway, so CeeLo Green pleaded no contest Friday to one felony count of furnishing ecstasy to a woman during a 2012 dinner in Los Angeles and was sentenced to serve probation and community service. The Grammy-winning singer also entered a special plea in which he maintained his innocence in the case and that prevents his no contest plea from being used against him in civil court. The drug case could be used against Green in criminal court if he faces another drug offense. Superior Court Judge Mark Young sentenced the 39-year-old singer to three years of formal probation and 45 days of community service. Green, who real name, whose real name is Thomas DeCarlo Calloway, will be allowed to travel for work and permitted to see a private physician for drug and alcohol counseling. Now, I'm kind of surprised that he's straight. Me too. I always assume he was I mean, gay. No, me too. So I like between him having a kid on and an ex on Atlanta exes and this news, I was like, uh, this is shocking. Uh, Green also can serve his community service through Music Cares Foundation, an affiliate affiliate of the organization that presents the Grammy Awards. Green entered the plea just before a scheduled preliminary hearing during which prosecutors would have had to show there was enough evidence for the case to go to trial. So sounds like he did it to avoid that becoming public record. 
Right, because, you know, he got his show, The Voice, and I don't know how many of y'all seen The Voice, but if y'all seen them fairy tale sparkling outfits with he has the fucking white cat that he rubs on, mm-hmm. his outfits be having uh, feathers, they be blinging, uh, shit, probably lights be on that shit, like... I'm surprised he didn't come out with fucking chapless pants. Like, I'm like, that's why I'm just surprised. Yeah, I thought he was not only gay, but, like, out. Like Me too, and open with it. Yeah, I thought everybody was just like, yeah, CeeLo, he gay. So, like, what are we talking about here? Like, why are we acting like this is relevant to, like, this is news? Uh, uh, but prosecutors rejected a rape charge against Green when he was charged with felony drug charge in October 2013. His attorney, Blair Burke, has said Green had consensual sex with the woman he gave ecstasy during the July dinner in 2012. No civil case has been filed over the incident in Los Angeles. Uh, Green won a Grammy for his hit, Forget, Fuck You. They put Forget You. And performed as part of Niles Barkley. Okay, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, um, so he uh, kind of pleaded guilty to rape, kind of not. Right. I mean, he must have just raped her a little bit. Just a tip in? Yeah. He pretty much did exactly what um, everybody talked about Rick Ross for doing. Come on now. But apparently it's fine. It's okay, guys. It's time you got to rape people. Okay, guys? And uh, if you plead uh, guilty to it uh, a certain way, uh, they got to let you go. We all know this. This is the rule. Um, so when you're out there raping, just be careful. And um, make sure you plead to a lesser crime of rape a different type of rape mm. uh you know how we've been talking about how cats um my least favorite of the of the animals <laughs> me too um they have been uh well they've been pieces of shit for a long time <laughs> yeah but know? they but they finally got to the point where they are fed up and they're doing something about it yeah they've been busting down up in people's houses fucking them up they've been <laughs> having the police have to been called on them <laughs> yeah people been having to call the cops on them right well, here's a, just a new height of why I would never own a cat. There's a cat that has been cheating on its family with another family. Oh shit. Two families think it's their cat. <laughs> Siamese cat Ming, uh, who also goes by Cleo, lived happily with Alice Alexander and her family for years, or so she thought. But after a few good years, Mean became, became, began coming home late without his collar. Oh, shit. <laughs> Must have left it at the office, Alice. My bad. Right. Too much catnip. It wasn't me. Uh, and lost interest in having dinner. It also strongly suggested that he uh, switched to a new cologne. Okay, I feel like this this, this article's being too funny. But, um, yeah, it's... It, uh, Started when Alex, uh, Al- Alice Alexander bought a pedigree Siamese cat. She named Ming in 2000. You had to have it a mingling. That's the name. Everyone knew Ming, and I would often get calls saying he was in someone's house. When the family moved to Strathmore in 2005, Ming would go wandering, often returning home, not hungry, without his collar, uh, which had his name and the Alexander's phone number on it. So they didn't take it off himself, or somebody took it off for him. Mm-hmm. The wandering became more frequent. Then in 2010, men, 2010, Ming disappeared. Alexander, uh, put missing cat posters up around the neighborhood. No one had seen Ming. In May this year, she was shocked when he just appeared out of nowhere after four years. Wow. He was like, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of y'all. I'm, I'm going to take a break. Must have went to get some cigarettes. 
Right, never came back. Uh, Alexander had been sitting on her deck when a cat climbed in the glass house roof and began meowing. I picked it up, realizing it was me. I was running scenarios through my head, wondering where he had been. She got mean microchipped and put in on another collar, but the cat disappeared again a month later. He returned with a shaved leg that had obviously been to the vet. I knew that someone had him, so I put up more missing cat posters. One week later, a lady got in touch with me and let me know Ming was living with them. It transpired Ming was living a double life as Cleo in the Smith family home, which was next door and down the hill. Smith, the Smiths had moved to Karori, but when they shifted to Auckland, they looked, they took Ming, who had been Cleo for five years with them. They moved back to the Strathmore home <gasps> earlier this year. Glenda Smith said they, that until they, she saw posters, she had no idea about the cat's secret life. Cleo had been her husband's cat before they got married. The cat spent so much time at that house, he assumed it was a stray, so he took it in and did not pinch it. She said, Cleo is part of the family and has been with us for nine years. We just push him away now. It's emotional for us, too. I mean, we can't just push him away now. It's emotional for us, too. He loves us and always comes back. Man, this big love with cats. Right. Right. Everybody was like, no, baby, don't leave. The fate of mean Cleo has... Yet to be decided, but both women say they, they just want the cat to be happy. It's so difficult. We, <laughs> we love him so much, and we want him to be happy, but worried the family will move. Ming is 15 years old now and deserves to retire. He shouldn't have to try to reclaim territory, uh, Alexander said. She has contacted, contacted the SPCA and the police, who told her they were unable to help. What are yeah, the police supposed to do? They can't verify put the cat on the ground yeah this cat been living in two homes Mm -hmm. two homes (laughs) oh man um so that was crazy Um, uh that pick is something else that the the pick the cat i don't think that's i don't know if that's a pick of that cat oh i'm about to say that's a pick of the cat that's hilarious yeah i don't know if it is or not um honestly uh here's another one um um an ex Myanmar Myanmar beauty queen is accused of stealing the crown. Myanmar's first international beauty queen has absconded with her $100,000 crown after being stripped of her title for being rude and dishonest. Not rude. Mm-hmm. Um, May Miat No's photograph was blacked out of the Miss Asia Pacific World's website the word dethroned stepped alongside her name. She thinks as long as she keeps this crown, she's the winner, said David Kim, director of media <laughs> for the South Korea-based pageant. She's not. The organizers said no had lied and proved to be untrustworthy but provided a few details. No was not immediately available for comment. She planned to hold a news conference at a later time. Uh, Halal Nutun was initially act who who initially acted as her unofficial manager said no and the organizers had disagreed over who could oversee her career no's mother wanted control but so did the organizers a half century of military rule and self-imposed isolation kept Myanmar contestants off the stage of international beauty contests until 2012 when no was crowned in may it was seen as a new beginning for the young talented beauties following her victory Organizers said they were arranging singing and video deals for her, but they also wanted to change her looks, basically. One of the pageant's primary goals, he said, is to turn winners into regional superstars, actresses, pop icons, and world-class models. It was decided that No's breasts were too small and could hold her back. 
and she accepted an offer of enhancements he said she, we thought she would be more beautiful so we oh. sent her to the hospital to operate on her breast the sponsors picked up the ten thousand dollar tab as they had for previous winners so you gotta get them fake titties now that's weird mm-hmm. hey you won the beauty contest because you're so beautiful i accept you could use a little more titties so um like you're not quite as beautiful as we need wow. you to be wow it's our responsibility if she has no good nose then maybe if she likes we can operate on her nose if it's breast then breast Kim said that trouble started from there with the beauty cream bringing her mother to Seoul for what was supposed to be a 10-day visit but stretching to three months. So, that's right, guys. For more information, check out MissAsiaPacificWorldStar.com. That's just bad branding. Right. Worldstar? Like, is anything with Worldstar ever good? No. Uh, President Obama wore a tan suit and everybody went fucking crazy. (laughs) Oh, they had jokes for days. Yeah. Um, oh, the jokes were hilarious. Uh, I, people really lost their minds over this shit. I thought it was quite funny, the jokes. I didn't see nothing wrong with the suit, but apparently it was something wrong with the suit. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, no, it's not his typical black, uh, black or like navy blue. He normally always do dark color suits. Yeah. Well, that's about as much coverage as getting on our show. I don't right. care. Right. No. Uh, Joan Rivers, uh, went into cardiac arrest. Oh, shit. Um, and I was prepared to do some jokes about it because she would do jokes about other people dying. She should die. She sure would. And nobody better unfollow me or bitch about it because she absolutely wouldn't give a fuck. So y'all better not. Y'all, if, if one of y'all motherfuckers say a word to me about roasting this bitch when she dies, y'all can suck my dick. All of y'all. Because she <laughs> has said mean shit about everybody. It's her comedy. Right. And it won't be me being me. It'll be a tribute as far as she's concerned. So uh she's come to catch hell. All right. I already got some written out. But uh yeah, she uh she's resting comfortably and she's okay right now. She's eighty one years old. Um, you know, you might remember her from calling Michelle Obama a trans uh tranny. Come on now. And then when called on it saying, Oh, I mean transgender, uh, you know, so uh yeah, classy lady. Um but uh yeah when she went when she, i'm not gonna front when it was like she got sick i was like oh save the draft <laughs> save to draft um did we always say oh molly cyrus's date the homeless dude that had a warrant out for him he turned himself in and posted bell already oh, so. okay there you go man don't worry people yeah i know a lot of you guys were worried about molly cyrus's homeless date but uh apparently not that homeless Okay, different type of homeless. Somehow able to pay for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> isn't that amazing? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, homeless, but not that homeless. Yeah, just a different level of homeless. Another quick hit. The guy they arrested for Philip Seymour Hoffman who OD'd on heroin. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this nigga was selling that heroin to him. You part of the problem. They have let him go now. Okay. There's no jail time for him. Um, he was arrested, uh, ordered to forfeit the $1,284 that they seized in his home and all the drugs, obviously. Um, they found that motherfucker. Phyllis Seymour Hoffman died. White people loved him so much. They found a dude who sold him heroin. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to oh, me. Oh, that's gonna track his ass down. I still don't know who sold, like, Jimi Hendrix drugs. You know what I mean? Like, that's you crazy. You never will. Uh, the guilty plea to drug possession came out. The prosecutor dropped a more serious charge because he possessed 300 packets of heroin with the intent to sell it. 
A conviction could have resulted in jail time <clears throat> for the 58-year-old jazz musician from Canada and his possible deportation. In court on Thursday, prosecutors cited issues with evidence as the reason for dropping the charge. The decision came out their hearing at which two detectives admitted they had not read his Miranda rights before they before he made statements to them. I know they won't do probably shoot them niggas. It was like, what? Because mm-hmm. you didn't want to follow procedures? Yeah. Meanwhile, they acting like he's the killer of this dude who OD'd on drugs on his own. Right. It's like. It's like trying to kill the person that sold a belt to Robin Williams. Like, right. You, you, sorry, but that's not how this works. No, it's not. Anyway, they let him go. So, uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, drug dealer is fine. Everybody. I know y'all were concerned about that. Mm-hmm. And you know, we like to keep you guys updated. Yeah. He's back on the street. Yeah. Um, speaking of, uh, updates, um, you know that dude, uh, Dozkar Sarnev, he was a Boston bomber? Mm-hmm. His sister is now in custody, accused of making bomb threats. Oh. Coincidence? Yeah, apparently she made bomb threats during the telephone call. Now, I wonder how this goes. Like, did she really want to do it? Like, did she, or was it like, my brother's the bomb, dude. I'm in an argument with you. It's getting heated. I just randomly throw that out there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not... I'm not really going to bomb you, but it's like, if you think I'm crazy, then I'm going to act crazy, you know? A possibility. Apparently, this happened during a conversation uh, where she threatened to blow up her boyfriend's ex. Oh, my. So, maybe the police are just a little tougher on her. Like, you get less. Like, if, if I was on Facebook talking about, bitch, I would blow up the whole motherfucking building, bitch. I don't give a fuck. You know, people would be like, oh, okay. He's just tripping on Twitter because that's what people do. But if my brother actually killed a bunch of people and led police on a manhunt. I'd be like, keep an eye on that one. Then it's like, I don't get to make that, the, the I'll blow this motherfucker up. Like, I don't no. even get to say I'm in the building. No, you only get to say blow. Yeah. Like, I don't even get to say, yeah, I was listening to Rick Ross's blow. Oh, the police is here. Hold up. What is going on? I know, right? She said, leave us up. Leave us alone. I know people who can put a bomb on you. She's 23 years old, which, you know, 23 years old on social media. I mean, honestly, guys, come on. Uh, it was her lover's baby mama that she was threatening. And of course, she said, ha ha, I got you, bitch. Call the police. Right. <laughs> uh, so um it's a bitter custody dispute that her boyfriend is having with his ex over that three kids good for her going in there and snapping that man up that's already got three kids now that's love real love and she apparently will kill a nigga and do terrorist threats for him so that's Ooh. good oh she's down ass bitch the woman called the cops about the alleged call and sarnav turned herself in um at harlem's uh, 30th Precinct Station House, where she was charged with aggravated harassment and later released. Um, no one answered the alleged victim's apartment Wednesday evening, and her mom refused to comment when reached by phone. Yeah, let's drag her mom back through it. Um, that'll that'll help fix everything. Yeah, I'm sure she'll love reliving those memories. Uh, but a neighbor in the building said the woman had obvious problems with her love life. I heard her talking with a friend in the lobby, saying that you cannot trust men; they are nothing but trouble. Sarneva's re- uh, arrest at least her second is at least a second brush of the law falling in 2011 charge tied to a counterfeiting case in Boston. Prosecutors allege that she knew the customers who left the fake bill to pay their tab at Applebee's restaurant in Dorchester and that she lied to a detective who questioned her. Sarneva skipped bail after getting busted on an obstruction charge. The case against her brother was the case against her was later dismissed uh, for dealing with her brother. 
Of course, her brothers Tamerlan, Tamerlan and Dozkar planted the homemade bombs that killed the people that injured more than 260 others in the finish line of the Boston Marathon in 2012. So, mm, yep. Gotta stop doing that. Um, if your brother killed a bunch of people with bombs, you don't get to joke like that. Mm-mm. You don't get that luxury. Yeah. It's just one of those things where you have to, uh, gotta let it go, man. You know, unfortunately, you know, I, everybody else gets to threaten people with bombs, but that's off limit for you. You would say, I'll stab you to death or something. Maybe you could have got away with that, you know, um, but, uh, that was a little too far, man. Um, all right, um, let's get into our games. We've been jawjacking long enough. We have a couple games we like to play here first. We already did Ferguson with black people. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, we already did Ferguson with black people. We can do a couple mm-hmm. more news things. Yeah, well, you have to do that. Um, <laughs> I kind of like that we got it over with. That was awesome. That just made my day better. Uh, California passes a yes mean yes campus sexual assault bill. California lawmakers passed a law on Thursday requiring universities to adopt affirmative consent language in their definitions of consensual sex, part of a nationwide drive to curb sexual assault on U.S. campuses. CeeLo Green said, the fuck does that mean? Right. The measure passed unanimously by the California State Senate has been called the Yes Means Yes Bill. It defines sexual consent between people as an affirmative, conscious, and voluntary agreement to engage in sexual activity. The bill states that silence and a lack of resistance do not signify consent and that drugs and alcohol do not excuse unwanted sexual activity. Right. Uh, Governor Jerry Brown must sign the bill into law by the end of September. If he does, it will mark the first time a U.S. state requires such language to be a central tenet of school sexual assault policies, said Claire Conlin, a spokeswoman for State Senator Kevin DeLeon, who challenged the legis- who championed the legislation. Opponents of the bill say it's politically overreaching and could push universities into little charted legal waters. The bill comes amid mounting pressure nationwide by lawmakers, activists, and students on universities and colleges to curb sexual assaults on campuses and reform investigations after allegations are made. You know what's funny to me is I don't know how I don't really know how much it'll matter because essentially it's going to come down to your word against mine. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of sexual situations because they don't happen in front of people on camera uh, with certain language written out. There's and no documents. Shit, sometimes it does. It still don't goddamn matter. What do you mean? Like you, you'll see incidents where, um, you know, sexual assaults have happened. Like, like the girl with the case and shit like that. Sometimes charges aren't brought up. They aren't pressed and shit like that. So it's just, it's just one of those things where it's just, it's very frustrating, uh, when you talk about like, like these things and my, and I guess my question is like who would be against a bill to tell people don't fucking rape people like who are these people to go you know the schools will be legally accountable for these bitches coming up here talking about they've been raped like um, ain't that what you're saying if you're going against this yeah well what I yeah yeah I mean well what I'm saying is um a lot of like people are so worried that like oh this is overreaching basically like it's People are just still going to, like, if someone's lying, they're going to lie. Right. You know, um, and I guess what they're trying to say is, to me, the reason I like the law is that it spreads awareness about the idea of what consent should mean for men. 
right so that it's not just hey she didn't fight it it's she does want to have sex with me you know what i mean right which because i to me uh as a dude it's scary territory to have sex with someone and think it's okay and then find out and then in my mind go but was it okay like is she gonna come back later and be like you know what you did to me i just didn't want to fight it you were raping me the whole time uh i didn't i never said yes i i was drunk i was yeah i was i was drunk i was like those kind of things scared the shit out of me um just as a guy and i I, you know i'm not even talking as a victim or anything Mm -hmm. just as a man who uh doesn't want to go to prison the idea of drunken quasi consensual sex scares me already because mm-hmm. i don't want anyone ever showing up later being like yeah what you did was a rape right so to me i like the idea because even if it doesn't really change anything it does spread awareness that hey this is what consent is supposed to be and i like that right and, and i don't know how you fight against that as right. a hey no women should be drunkenly passed out and you should be able to fuck them and it shouldn't be a problem with that right and my thing is this rape people that are going to rape are going to rape regardless Mm -hmm. that you know and it's just one of those things where now it's a law that's actually written out and it's plain and simple english yeah and i'll actually go one further and say i don't think people i think some people will be educated by this right i think there are a lot of people that go around they rape someone and they don't think they did right and there's women that have been raped and they don't think it was a rape right and i know people are going well who are you to tell them that was a rape well if we're considering a lack of consent to be uh rape which is pretty much textbook definition um yeah it's possible that they're they just go well i got too drunk you know we've heard stories on like keith and a girl was someone would start talking about what they thought was possibly a consensual encounter and as they start talking about it's like Oh yeah, I got blackout drunk and this dude had sex with me and I guess I didn't consent to that and yeah, that was wrong. Right. You know, I didn't want to have sex with him. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I definitely understand it. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm glad the White House is promote, pushing it. Um, of course, California would be the first state to really do something about it because they're the most liberal, but good. You know, I hope other states adopt it too. And all it is is putting language into college, uh, like, campus university bylaws it's not like it's saying you know it's like it's just it's it's educating people i like it yeah i do too and 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 honestly the people that are against it are assholes that think the institution is larger than the student population honestly like like if you're that gun-ho about not adding this language in there what the fuck is wrong with you yeah and they already should be uh doing this right they shouldn't even need to like i would love to see uh colleges ahead of the curve on this rather than waiting for the government to say anything they should already be like yes means yes we're going so far from because no means no is one thing but yes means yes is a lot to me stronger a stronger statement yes it is yes it is you know because the yes means yes put all put it puts the power in her hands Mm -hmm. if i don't say yes this activity does not happen male or female sexual activities yeah because i think uh with the majority of rape being like by people that people know right uh we do need to have more um clarity on what exactly consent is because we can't just have these terrible excuses you know uh the film industry is set to have its worst year worst summer in 17 years uh 
the film industry has reported its worst number since 1997 as August draws to a close. Between the first weekend in May through Labor Day weekend, box office revenues for movies in the United States and Canada have seen a definitive, uh, a definite drop from last year. This summer's ticket sales add up to 3.9 billion, 15% less than sales from the same time period in 2013. Um, it seems like opening weekend for the biggest summer blockbusters just haven't seen as big a turnout as usual. The number crunchers at Vox.com added up the top opening weekends for the biggest summer movies for the last few years and they found a $40 million difference between last summer and this one. In 2013, the opening weekends of the 11 top summer flicks earned $877 million. This year, they earn uh, eight hundred thirty-three million. And but they're not talking about a bunch of fucking terrible ass movies came out this summer. Also, no film has really been able to dominate because there's been new good, not new good, but but they new movies out every week. But, and they don't give enough time for a movie to make its money. It's like one come out this weekend, some come out next weekend, some come out the next weekend, some come out the next weekend. You don't space it out far enough to give a movie time to actually make its money. Yeah, Transformers Age of Extinction scored the biggest numbers with a $100 million opening weekend, followed closely by Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy with $94 million. Um, what's funny to me is movies that critics shit on for saying they had terrible opening weekends, um, like Transformers, $100 million. Right. Uh, Everybody's Spider-Man 2, the fourth biggest movie this year, but they want, they're talking about they shouldn't make a sequel. Right. You know what I mean? Days of Future Past, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, you know, like these movies made money, man. Yes, they did. Uh, could it be that American audiences are sick of sequels or the 10 biggest selling summer movies? Only number 10, The Neighbors, is an original story. Everything else from Maleficent to How to Train Your Dragon 2 is built on an established franchise. Um, I don't know, man. I really just think, um, people, yeah, the movies just weren't big draws this this year uh mm-hmm. guardians of the galaxy while i think was the best movie i've watched this year it was also the one that people knew the least about right um and uh also some of these movies were shit right that's what they're not talking about people will go see things that they enjoy but a lot of the bullshit that came out and a lot of shit that people rants and rave about and it's probably gonna win oscars nobody give a fuck about and people are not Movie tickets are expensive, and people are like, I'm not spending $20 on some bullshit that I don't know if I'm going to like. Well, you want to know the other problem is they only measure the American dollar like that's the one that matters. When overseas actually really yeah. matter more than American dollar these days, which Americans are so cocky that they don't want to look at overseas money. But overseas money actually determines on if you get a sequel, you know, how fast it goes to DVD and all that shit. But we act like we act like we the king when most movies make them. A lot of movies even make their some movies now even coming out overseas before they even get here. Right. Because that's where the money is. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it's funny that people are treating it that way, but, right. you know, Transformers made all that money overseas, and, you know, anyway, let's get into our games now. Now that it's time for some guest the race, that's right, it's guest the race time. Now that it's time for some guest the race, that's right, it's guest the race time. That's time, it's... I mean, that's right. It's time for Guess the Race, yeah. the number one game show going across all the podcast land where we read the play news articles from all over the globe. <laughs> and we ask our audience, who is racist, to play Guess the Race. So, uh, audience, get your racism caps on. 
all right let's talk about it um oh wait i'm in the wrong section i'm actually in the archive section that's not what i meant to do um uh, guess race all right here we go um uh thug uh, escaped from jail and to make a face a facebook post oh a mega thug mm-hmm. a mega thug i i don't Is know he a transformer right <laughs> he's like megatron right maybe his name was tron megatron <laughs> uh, but he escaped from jail just to, cause sometimes, you know, you gotta let motherfuckers know what the deal is. Tonight, an inmate is on the run in Lancaster County after escaping from custody. I just shot. Now, some neighbors say they're worried about their safety. Good evening. I'm Eric Phillips. We're learning new details tonight that may give a better look at where Daquan Blackman went after he ran from authorities. Eyewitness News reporter Blake Hansen is live in Lancaster tonight. And Blake, you found out he may have posted on his Facebook page after escaping from custody. Yeah, Eric, I've been talking with investigators as they continue to search for Daquan Blackman. They say that he broke free as, a, as detectives tried to take him into the Lancaster uh, Detention Center yesterday, and then he ran into these woods nearby. It's been more than 24 hours. That is the last that law enforcement saw of him, but tonight that I discovered that on social media, it's not the last that we heard from him. Tonight, Channel 9 asked, and Lancaster County detectives confirmed they believe this Facebook page is Daquan Blackman's. On it are two posts, since deputies say he escaped. One, an expletive. The other reads, just had to kiss my kids before I go, so keep calm. Investigators say Blackman bolted from custody Friday afternoon as a deputy took him into the detention center. Chopper 9 Sky Zoom was overhead as law enforcement searched by ground and air, but with no luck. Today, people who knew Blackman said they were surprised after hearing the allegations. He was a good dude. Like, I never known for him to beat somebody like that. Deputies tell Eyewitness News that Blackman should be considered dangerous. He's charged with attempted murder for shooting at the Highway 9 bypass last Saturday. Police say three people were shot inside of a car, one injured critically, following an argument that started at this Waffle House. Tonight, with the suspect <laughs> on the loose, People who live in Lancaster are on edge. Kind of terrified because, you know, you hope they get caught because they could hurt somebody else. And as deputies continue that search tonight, they're asking anyone that has information about Blackman's whereabouts to come forward with that information. Putting a live from Lancaster County. Blake Damn, this happened in Charlotte. News at 10. Oh, shit. That was some WSLC Charlotte News. So... All right, guys, guess the race of Daquan Blackman. Gangster Gorilla, says Leonard the Brothers. Oh, my. Um, welfare Test 2 Baby, says Anigua Montoya. Hmm. World Star Lover. He's White, says No Damn Body, says Marcus. <laughs> Milky White Mantis. Milky White Mantis. Oh, that's good, Michael Ford. Jesse Owens, the race Colin Kaepernick becomes when he starts playing poorly, says Black Rob. Forward thinking black man that is making his social brand, uh, make sure his social brand is always updated. Grape 8, the Conseco that gets followed in uh, Blarney's. Uh, only, <laughs> only blacks get to Waffle House and start fights. 100% niggas, says Brandon APA. Uh, the correct answer is black. All of you racist sons of bitches got it. Uh, here's another one, guys. Um, a Kentucky jail, um, 
inmate is under investigation for murder after he allegedly shared his contraband drug-soaked underwear with a cellmate. Oh, that didn't cause an infection or a rash? It caused death, Karen. What are you talking about? (laughs) The guy died. Is slightly worse than a rash (laughs) or an infection. He got infected with death. Right before death came, was there an infection? I don't know. Bizarre murder investigation is underway inside of Jessamine County Detention Center uh, after an inmate uh, reportedly died following an incident involving a pair of underwear soaked in methadone. Methadone soaked drawers. Like, that's how you sneaking it in, bro? That's another reason I can never go to prison. All the fun shit you got to, like, get out of someone's asshole. Way in Jessamine County. And it involves a methadone-soaked pair of underwear. Kristen Flum explains in the LAX 18 Big Story at 6. The Jessamine County jailer tells us that they train to always try and stay one step ahead of contraband that could be brought into the detention center. But this drug, the one that an inmate overdosed on, wasn't even able to be detected in a strip search. This is the face of a man looking at a lot more trouble than the DUI he was booked and serving time for. 55-year-old Michael Jones of Lexington is looking at a murder charge after leaving on a funeral pass last week and returning with more than he left with. It's alleged that when he came back into the facility, he had methadone on his person. It's where it was that's a first for jail staff. According to his arrest citation, while Jones was away for the funeral, he soaked his underwear in liquid methadone and wore it back to his jail cell, where he allegedly ripped it up and handed it out to his cellmates. One of them was 33-year-old Corey McQuarrie of Lancaster. And in the early morning hours of August 21st, he died of a suspected methadone overdose. Earlier that day, Mr. McQuarrie was brought down for a medical issue and... He was in the medical isolation area. The jailer says McQuarrie never told the medical staff about what he'd taken, and they couldn't find a source of his sickness. It wasn't until they started asking around the detention center the story about the underwear surfaced. So how does this happen? Well, we asked Michael Jones to explain that to us from jail here at the Jessamine County (coughs) Detention Center. He refused our request for an interview. We're covering the news in Jessamine County from the LEX 18 Mobile Newsroom. Back to you. Maybe he accidentally sat in some methadone and his underwear got soaked. Anyway, guess the race of Michael Jones, 55 years old, uh, draw soaked in meth. Okay. And, um, no self-respecting black man will wear meth soaked underwear white. One who was surprised there was no cheese plate with his draw sandwich. Draw sandwich. (laughs) European cave ape, Calvin K. Klein white. Backwoods Redneck, Philip Seymour Hoffman's uh, Diller. Oh. Um, and what else we got here? Um, white as those drawers have, haven't been since they were first bought. Oh. Cheesy and no chimp brain would think of smuggle that brilliant. That's a pink toe, tiny nipple mayo. The correct answer is white. <laughs> Dude, how high how bad do you have to want to get high to where a dude's like oh yeah uh break me off a piece of your drawers you know what i mean like let me get a piece uh the part by not not by the asshole please (laughs) just give me a little oh by the crotch Mm -hmm. maybe the asshole costs more he's like that's what soaked the most up Mm -hmm. 
Yep, yep. Uh, let's see, let's see. Here's another one. Uh, wait, this is, I'm not sure if this will work or not. Let me see. Give me a second to look this up. Okay, yeah, here we go. <clears throat> a brother and sister in Effingham County, Georgia, are behind bars after allegedly having sex in a trailer, a tractor trailer parked in a church parking lot. Oh, my. They was breaking all the commandments. All uh, um. Timothy Savory, 25, and Christopher Buckner of Guyton were arrested for having sexual relations in a char- church parking lot across the street from a school. They was trying to offend. They're, they're like, we're sex offenders, okay? We like offensive sex. We offend everybody. We want to offend the church. <laughs> the community. Whoever owns this tractor trailer. Ah! The school. The children. We just want to offend some people. And I'm sorry, but that's what I do. According to a report at Everham County Sheriff's Office, deputies were responding to a report of prowling in the area, but after watching the two in a semi-truck in the parking lot of Countryside Baptist Church, they learned the two were brother and sister. Savory and Buckner were arrested on charges of incest, sodomy, and prowling, according to the Sheriff's Office spokesman, ah, David. Not prowling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the location of the incident was across the street from South Everham High School. Well, sounds like they were effing some ham, if you know what I'm saying, guys. <laughs> Come on. That's what you come here for. You'll be here all week. Yeah. Uh, where's my... That's what you come here for, guys. That that high... The real comedy. High caliber <laughs> quality of comedy. That's what y'all need. Top of um, mind. Check the chat room. Cersei and Jamie Lannister. Oh. One who thought cheesecloth was something you could actually wear. He haw Cajun. Oh. Blonde hair, blue eyed bird dropping. The Brady Bunch. Uh, if anyone gonna have sex with my sister, it's gonna be me, white. <laughs> and flowers in the attic of the trailer, white. The correct Aww. answer is, oh, incestuous cockazoids having some savory sex. Thanks, I'll be here all night. Correct answer is white. <laughs> yeah, I guess he was savoring that flavor, if you know what I mean. Yes, he was. And it was some home cooking. You know, <laughs> real home cooking. You got some real home cooking there. Um, where is my next music? It's time for the bonus round. Double the points and the race. Double the points and the race. That's right. Double the points, double the race. Bonus round against the race. So far, everybody's three for three. And white people have been getting it pretty bad. Uh, but that one brother did break out of jail. So let's keep it going. Here we go. Um, there's a woman accused of setting a fire in Utah by using a pound of bacon to start the fire in her ex-boyfriend's house. Oh, my. What a vindictive bitch. Right. I wasted all that bacon. What did the bacon do to you? Ain't that the truth. Police say 32-year-old Cameo Adon Crispy. Well, I bet you that bacon was crispy. Come on. (laughs) Wait, what? There we go. Um, Police say the 32-year-old Cameo Adon Crispy was uh, repeatedly called and texted her former flame in March from 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 his home where she left the bacon over a lit burner. The dessert... Wait. Dessert. The Desiree News reports the man wasn't home and called police to say he wanted Crispy out of his house. 
officers arrived and saw smoke flowing out the front door. Inside, they found ah! they found Mister trying to make uh, sugar Avery a breakfast. Right. They found they found not they found hot coals on the floor around the oven, open wood stove, and burned bacon. Damn, he has an open wood stove in 2014. Old school. Is it Paul Bunyan? Ah, <laughs> nigga living on the wild frontier and shit. Oh, Utah, get your shit together. Uh, and get electric stoves. Yeah. Charging documents say Crispy's blood alcohol level was .346, which is four times the legal mem- limit. Ooh. I wonder why he broke up with her. By the way, her picture in the courtroom is just the most sanctimonious. Yes, I burned your house down with bacon. What? <laughs> and I do that shit again. Oh, God. I hate her already. She's due back in court in October to face arson charges, uh, burglary, and other charges. Um, her attorney declined to comment. Guess the race, guys. Skylar trying to make some meth flavored bacon. Moon Mosquito, uh, that's black for Linda Brothers, using bacon. White woman covering up her crime, Ferguson PD style. Uh, Till you do right by me. Uh, that's black. Niggas ain't wasting no bacon, cheddar belly. Uh, Daniel Boone descended. Firestarter, Drew Barrymore White. Uh, turn on Channel 5, left out and burn the house down again. <laughs> the correct <laughs> answer is divide the chat room she is white so some of you got it oh wait hold on just uh let me fix this there we go <laughs> and i think leonard brothers missed it he was i think he was the only one that, that actually missed it no uh, ashley missed it too ashley missed it too terrible terrible guys um uh but yeah so you guys uh some of you missed that i'm trying to put a picture in the chat so y'all can see it it is like you might have to click on this link that i put in here yeah because not because for some reason the the picture is not showing up by itself um yeah it's not generating on its own yeah so i'll put it i'll put it up here for you guys to look at yourselves her picture is so sanctimonious like like she's looking at the judge, like, like, like she has an attitude with the judge. Like, yes, motherfucker, y'all wasting my goddamn time. I, yeah, I burned the shit down. So, and, and what's the problem? I mean, damn, what's the problem? I can't even burn a man's shit to the ground no more without uh, having to go to court about it. Yeah, I burned all the bacon, your honor, all the bacon. That's what she like. She said. Ah. And what kind of first name is Cameo? But like, and if I could afford more bacon, it'd been more bacon in there. Mm-hmm. What kind of cat name is Cameo? Word up. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this is, uh, this is what you, you think doing. she played that while I was burning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like candy. Right. Hey, so good to me. Um, let me see if I get this picture work. Um, oh wait, hold on. So uh, I'll try one more time to see if I can get a picture in. Okay. There we go. Here's the picture guys. I'm putting it on the screen for you guys. Um, uh, free cast moving a little slow, but, um, um, it's slow. It might take yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Karen, you put it up on screen, whatever. Oh, there it is. I got it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Um, so let's do the last one. All right, guys, you guys are all over the place. Um, let's do, let's see, we did this already. Here's a crazy fucking story. Um, or actually, no, let's, let's do this one. 
Um, a woman accused of kidnapping and sexually assaulting two Amish girls last week with her boyfriend is now claiming she only did it because of their abusive and submissive relationship. Oh, my. According to the New York Times, 25-year-old Nicole F. Vasey is blaming her boyfriend, 39-year-old Stephen M. Howells II, for kid for the kidnapping and subsequent sexual assault. Uh, you always be in it together until you're not, right? <laughs> Nobody wants to believe in uh, equality for the sexes when it's this time of the of the, of the shit. No, no. Uh, he was uh, abusive to me. You know, he believed in typical gender roles, and uh, it's not my fault. I should get us. Uh, I know I only make seventy five percent the pay. I should make seventy five percent of the time. Right. Uh, a lawyer for Miss Vasey, uh Bradford F. Rendow said that she made a voluntary statement to the authorities on Friday night, but that he had been asked by the district attorney's office not to discuss his details. He said that he planned to argue in court, however, that Miss Vasey was in an abusive and submissive relationship with Mr. Owls. Mr. Raindow said that he had filed for protective order on Miss Vasey's behalf against Mr. Howells. She appeared to have been slave and he was the master. She was not the lead person or co-equal in this at all. Um, she said, referring to the plan, or he said, referring to the plan to abuse children. Police say the couple had plans to kidnap more children, but did not specifically target the victims because they were Amish, as had previously been suggested. Uh, cause they were, they, it was two Amish girls so far. There was a definite potential that there was going to be other victims from these two. Um, uh, said the sheriff, the sheriff told, uh, sheriff, St. Lawrence County Sheriff told the Times. They were looking for other opportunities to victimize, I guess, the race of uh, Miss Vasey and her boyfriend. Um, uh, oh, what? We guys moving slow again? Yeah. All right. Uh, well, some people like they're guessing already. Amish Stodd said Marcus Ford. Ah. Anyway, Thurston Howell, whiter than the cast of Gilligan's Island, strongly, stringy haired strumpet. Whitey White White, professional appropriators. Oh my. White, uh, says Joe Spacely. Meth anyone? White, says Marcus. Uh, look like everybody's going white on this one. What the correct answer is. Uh, slave owner Amish fetishes are so white. Uh, yeah, the correct answer is white. <laughs> you guys all got it, man. Good mm-hmm. job today, uh, with your racism. Uh, and we can't leave without talking about what? Sword ratchetness, people, okay? Mm-hmm. I hate talking about it. You guys love hearing about it. But at the end of the day, real people are getting fucked up in these streets. But we finally got some real justice. Life with no parole for the man who used a sword to kill his mom and nephew. Mm-hmm. Good. Life without parole is a sentence for a 25-year-old man who killed his mother and teenage nephew with a samurai sword in the victim's North Minneapolis home, only to be nabbed trying to elude capture in Iowa. Ishmael W. Roberts was sentenced Tuesday in Hennepin County District Court after being convicted of two counts of first-degree premeditated murder in the deaths of Beatrice Wilson, 57, and her grandson, Peter, 14. They were both killed October 29, 2012. The bodies were found in a separate upstairs bedroom in the home where Roberts once lived along with numerous other relatives. A sheath used for, samurai, for a samurai sword was recovered in the home. Police say Roberts entered the home in the middle of the night wearing a black stocking cap and sunglasses and killed the two. He was captured that evening in Waterloo after stealing his mother's car, then rolling it over while trying to flee the police. Wow, this dude didn't have no plan. What was the point of the sunglasses and... 
Well, you know what? He's a sword owner. Why am I, why <laughs> why I trying to rationalize yeah. this out? Beatrice Wilson immigrated to the United States from Liberia, uh, more than 10 years after, uh, before her death. In addition to raising her grandchildren and other relatives, she was a nurse in the sense at the Minneapolis veterans home and devout churchgoer. There were some questions whether Roberts was mentally competent to stand trial when charges were filed. County attorney Mike Freeman said there have been indications that Robert was mentally ill. Ultimately, Roberts was ruled competent by the court in October 2013. Yep. Life. Bye. Shouldn't be out here with these swords. This is the potential that people have. They turn on those who love them. Uh, and Anoka man is charged with both first and second degree assault after police say he attacked a group of teens with a samurai sword and stabbed one of them. A criminal complaint issued Thursday says 24-year-old Nicholas Lee Curtis saw two cars of kids in front of his residence who had been toilet paper in a neighbor's house early in the morning, August 26th. Invest- investigators alleged the defendant grabbed a sword and ran outside, smashed the window of one of the vehicles and began stabbing through the window. One of the teens was stabbed a number of times with the sword. The victim was rushed to the hospital where he underwent surgery to his chest and abdomen. He sustained a gash to his palm, a four... A five-inch gash to the forearm, puncture wounds near his ribs, lower back, and middle back. This is another case where defendant's uncontrolled anger resulted in serious injury to the victim, said the county attorney, Tony Palumbo, in a written statement. Yep, you own a sword, so all of a sudden, everything is sword solutioned. Everything is a sword solution. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I got a problem. Here's well, a, it's my sword. But finally, we have some more good news. A Manatee County deputy shot and killed a man waving a samurai sword at him Thursday morning during a domestic situation. That's right, guys. A white man with a sword as dangerous as a black kid, unarmed. Um, authorities, uh, according to authorities, deputies responded to a convenience store in Bradenton, Bradenton, where a woman said she was beaten by her 31-year-old son. Later identified as Terry Sellers Jr. That's right, guys. He beat his own mama. Oh, my. But then he had the sword and said, what y'all want to do, cops? Ah. She managed to escape her home and run to the convenience store where deputies responded to the home. The suspect came out of the residence wearing a, waving a samurai sword in the air like he just didn't care and charged towards one of the deputies. The deputy fired, a gun, fired at the man, killing him. No deputies were injured. Well, I call that a clean shooting. All right, I know police have gotten a hard time on here lately, but you'll never get a hard time for shooting a sword wielding maniac in my book. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll be back tomorrow at 9, or actually, uh, since it's Labor Day, it might be earlier or later, who knows. Um, but uh, we'll be yeah. back tomorrow at some point. Um, yeah, sometimes tomorrow. Yeah, we don't have, Yeah, we can do it anytime. Yeah, so okay. um, until then, uh, make sure you go to our sponsor, uh, Adam and Eve, use code TBGWT. Buy our iTunes album, uh, The Best of Ryan and Karen. And, uh, fantasy football people, um, three o'clock is this draft. So make sure y'all signed up and ready to go or else, um, we will have to add some more people. Um, mm-hmm. all right, man. Talk to y'all tomorrow. Until then, love you. I love you too, baby. Mwah. Mwah.